Hey, onesies, Josh Williams here, and thanks for checking out the One Man Podcast. There's now over 200 episodes and dozens of bonus interviews, all of which are available at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Google Podcasts, and many more. And you know what? If you don't have any of those apps, no big deal, because you can listen anytime at onemanpodcast.com. So be sure to subscribe, because it's always free, and there's a new episode out every Wednesday. And while you're at it, leave a review. It's a great way to help the podcast, and it doesn't cost you a thing. Follow One Man Podcast on all the major socials, and you'll get bonus content and pictures, fun stuff for yourself. And finally, if you have something that you want read on the show, send it to contact at onemanpodcast.com, because if you send it, I'll read it on an upcoming episode. Thanks so much for listening, and I hope you enjoy. What's up, everybody? This is DJ Demers. I'm K. Trevor Wilson. Hey, it's Krista Allen. Hi, this is Rick Mercer. What's up, guys? This is Paul Verzi, and you are listening to the One Man Podcast. Yeah! Hey, onesies, Josh Williams here, and welcome to the One Man Podcast, episode number 301 for Wednesday, February 8th, 2023. How's it going, everybody? How are you guys doing? What is this One Man Podcast? Well, it is me, comedian, entertainer, you know, brand ambassador, earthling, Josh Williams, telling you about what's going on with me personally, professionally, and uh, and any thoughts on things I may have. That's uh, kind of the nature of the podcast. And uh, this podcast has been uh, struggling in terms of consistency for quite some time. And um, as of late, I've done some soul searching and uh, just looked at it, you know, and there's a lot of things that explain why it's been so hit or miss. Uh, it's just, uh, there's a lot of different things. I won't make any excuses. It's just been difficult, but I still vow to complete every episode that I have. I have got my workspace cleared and I will try to get some more episodes out. It turns out that the last episode I put out was in uh, December and, uh, I put it out near the end of December and I actually, uh, was putting out an episode that was due from like November. So I'm always playing time travel. It's like a time travelers podcast. Do you remember where you were and what you were doing at this particular time? Uh, and that's what it was. So this episode is being recorded for the appropriate time, but it's funny because I brought all my equipment with me to Toronto. I was in Toronto for a week and I'm like, I have plenty of downtime during the day. I have plenty of space to record this podcast. I'm going to get caught up. And as I was recording the podcast, I was coughing. My throat was a little sore. I started to get this really bad headache and no word of a lie. I got one episode recorded. And then by the time I was done posting and everything, I was like full blown sick. I'm like, I gotta have a nap and see, you know, try to regroup. Woke up full blown sick and I was actually sick for the rest of the week. I'll have an episode describing all of that stuff, but it was quite literally like you can hear it in the last episode that is posted that I'm getting like I'm coughing and I'm actually not feeling well. And then again, an opportunity to, to get caught up some and right at the window. And I actually stayed sick for about four weeks, um, to the point where I had to go to a doctor, a walk-in clinic and get some stuff right the day before I left for my 40th birthday trip. And this is all stuff that we'll get episodes caught up on. But for now, we are going to tell you what, what happened to me between February 1st and February 8th, 2023. So I have been, uh, been doing all sorts of different things, guys. Um, we will give you context on everything, but I want to, I don't want all these, every single episode that gets posted to be a little time trial, trying to resummarize everything. It'll give no value to other things. So this week I'll be talking about the uh, last of us episode four. I have started watching the uh, last of us uh, HBO series. So I'll tell you about the last of us episode four. Sorry guys. Um, I, we've, I looked into some vlogging equipment and I'll talk about that. Um, I want to talk a little bit about my, my, uh, my resolution for 2023 on the podcast. Uh, I had a nice meal out with my family, both sides of the family, which was great. We watched a movie called Megan. I did a Tim Horton sampling for Winterlude here in Ottawa. 
Um, and then I, I, I spent some time with my buddy, Chris, who has, you know, been a frequent, uh, contributor on the podcast. He's co-hosted with me many times. Um, you know, and then we'll ride off into the sunset. I'll give you guys some plugs and we'll get the fuck out of here. How's that sound? Okay. So first things first, um, I want to address my, my new year's resolution for the podcast. Okay. So it's important to me to get caught up in the podcast. All right. And I'm actually going to, uh, I'm going to do a twofer, right? Cause I, I looked into getting some vlogging equipment. Um, I am. Uh, there's a lot going on and I'm trying to like be vague, but talk about something. So I, I have actually been delving very deep into travel stuff as of late. And this last year I have done two trips, um, and a lot more, you know, driving around and stuff that I'm normally used to. Um, I, I have been to in the calendar year of 2022, uh, actually no, it wasn't in the calendar year. Sorry. In a 12 month span, I have been to Las Vegas, Nevada, and I went to Playa del Carmen, Mexico. Um, two different countries other than Canada in a year is a new record for me. Uh, I don't know if uh, I'd been to, well, I guess the States. Yeah, I probably was, I was probably in the States at some point in 2020 prior to the pandemic. Anyways, the whole point is just that, um, I, I spent two, I had two big vacations. How about that? I have not done that in a, in a 12 month period in my entire life. Um, so it was great. I had a great time. Um, I also did like a week of shows with my friend, Chris Kingsbury in Toronto, where we went to like Canada's wonderland on one of our days off, like, like literally went to the park, had some fun and then fucked off, uh, in time to get back for the, uh, you know, the show that night. Um, and again, I'll talk about that in an episode, you know, in an episode I'm sure I missed. So, um, I, uh, I had a good year. I'm, I'm spending a lot of time. I have learned a lot of travel hacks. I spent a lot of time watching YouTube videos about other travel hacks and things like that. And I got to tell you guys, I have found something that I am excited to share with you. However, I found it a few weeks ago and I'm probably going to save it for that episode. But I will say I found a way to not only book cheap flights, but also increase my status with whatever resort or property that I'm staying with. And they're not connected Well, they're, they're connected in a manner of speaking, but it's not like, Hey, I found this one thing and I'm not pitching you on something, but I will talk about it. And I am ever since I got it, I am finding new things that link to it and, and give me discounts and guys, it's unreal because I cannot afford to be traveling, uh, as much as I am, if I was just paying, you know, regular rates on stuff. Um, and it's a bit of a hack. It's not like, Hey, you just go to this website and, and you know, like, you know, life is your, what is it? The, the world is your oyster. It's as simple as like, um, you sign up for this thing. It gives you uh status with a hotel chain. Then you take that status and you go to other hotels and you ask them to match it via email or through an online form, or you have to go in person. And, uh, <coughs> excuse me, that is what I'm going to be uh, doing, uh, actually very soon. Um, I'll tell you guys about that too. Okay. Short version. Um, I have a trip planned. Yeah. Again, I've got another trip planned, uh, in early April. I'm taking my mom to Las Vegas for her 69th birthday. And we're going to see a bunch of shows we didn't see last time. Um, a lot of fun stuff, a lot of fun stuff coming up. Very excited. Can't wait to share it with you. Wonderful people. But, um, because of what I found, I want to travel more and I'm, I do a lot of research into anything that I do. And I was, you know, I watch a lot of vloggers. There's a lot of people in Vegas who I like, whose videos are full of helpful tips and hints and tricks and things like that. And I was like, you know what? These people are very, uh, they're giving a lot of good information. However, I don't find them like some of them, 
overly entertaining. Some of them are like, uh, young kids and their, their idea of joking and, and entertainment and stuff. It's just not for everybody. And uh, not to suggest that I'm the guy who has the entertainment for everybody, but I was like, man, I would love to be able to make an income from doing vlogging videos and stuff like that. So if I'm going to be going on those trips, you know, I should look at getting, you know, maybe uh, a gimbal and like a directional mic so that I can record just with my cell phone because their cell phones are amazing now. And most vloggers are doing it with their cell phone. So I'm like, I think that's a thing I could do. And that would be a lot of fun. And I, I spent some time yesterday, like watching YouTube videos and what's the best mics to get and what's the, you know, best equipment to keep things e uh, easy and simple. Because like, I don't want to be carrying around a ton of equipment, but if I'm carrying a little foldable gimbal, I just slap my phone in, stick a little tiny directional mic that plugs right into the phone and a tiny little, like, you know, those wall cubes for USB things that you just plug into the wall and you can plug your USB in something that size that clicks on the top of your phone and it provides a little bit of light. I'm like, Oh, that's a whole vlogger set up there. But, <coughs> but in that, in the research and all this stuff, I was getting ready to pull the trigger on some items that were moderately expensive. And I'm like, you know what? My, I want to, I want to finish my podcast finish. I want to get back into my podcast. I want to get caught up. And I'm like, and you know what? My podcast requires, uh, you know, that I clean off my desk, which I, I got to tell you guys, uh, because I live in a room with roommates, my desk is sometimes the only surface that things can go down on a lot of, I got a lot of things on the go and a lot of projects or, you know, piles of paperwork, this, that, and the other things get opened up. I it's, it sounds like an excuse, but it is very difficult sometimes to keep my, my, I, I, to have a workspace. I don't have a studio. It's not like there's a studio that's always set up. I have a, uh, 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 I guess a, a clasp, um, bolted to the edge of my desk that I can put my mic in that I'm talking to right now. But all of that, when the episode's over, gets wrapped up and, and stored for the week. And so when everything's, the desk is cluttered, it's, uh, it's a long task in getting the podcast set up. And of course I don't just take everything off the desk and throw it somewhere. I don't have anywhere to put it. It's either got to go back where it belongs. So it becomes a, a, a bit of a task. And then of course, preparing the podcast with the notes and everything takes time. Doing the setup takes time. Recording it takes about an hour and it takes about an hour afterwards. So there's a lot of time where I'll come home from a, a marketing gig or something and it's like 930 at night and I, there's no way I'm going to get the desk cleaned off, get everything set up record with any level of energy. You guys have heard a lot of podcasts in the past where I'm yawning or, or things like that. And it's because there's, I've got no energy in me and I just spent an hour cleaning and prepping. And a lot of times moving shit around my room, I'm in inhaling a lot of dust. So I start coughing a lot. <coughs> it gets hard to talk. No word of a lie, guys. I was actually, I just, I had to pause it like two or three times already in this episode to cough. And I was like, why am I getting sick again? Like, is that what the cause of my illness is the fucking podcast? But it's because I was moving things around. I had to open up a bunch of luggage that's had my podcast stuff in it. There was dust all over it. I'm, and I'm, I took an inhaler and I, and I sprayed some nasal spray and just to try to open me back up. Um, that's a different life problem to just keep all this stuff dust free or whatever. Someday if I, if I feel like I'm organized enough, I'll show you about, you know, I'll show you my living quarters again, it's organized, but it's dusty. It's a lot of shit for dust to fall on. And I do not have the time to dust everything. Um, I dust the flat, I, I dust and clean the flat surfaces. I am, I am not, I'm not even messy. I have too much stuff. Uh, it's well organized, but it's just too, too much shit. Um, the whole point is, is it's taking, it takes time to do the podcast. And I had to be honest with myself. I'm like, all right, well, yeah, it would be easy to vlog while I'm out, but then I'd have to come back and I'd have to learn editing software and I'd have to, you know, I have to sit down and edit and I'd have to come up with these themes and have to script certain things. And I'm like, I can't, 
find the time, or at least I wasn't able to for a long time, find the time to sit down and do about three hours of work on the podcast. No video editing required, just me talking into the mic, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, and I'm so behind on that. I'm like, it would take so much discipline to do the video editing thing. So I sort of made a deal with myself. So I, 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 w- I would like to vlog and I really, I really would like to vlog. I'm like, plus my standup, you know, is again, sitting down with an idea, maybe writing it for a little while and then taking it to the stage. Also something that I haven't done. Um, <clears throat> and so I've been very discouraged, um, for a lot of reasons in the last year and a half. Um, but I've been discouraged with standup because the, the, the pandemic at closing it and opening it, closing it and opening it. And I had to really dig my heels into the marketing stuff to just be able to keep keep cash flow coming in. And I feel like right now I'm more of a brand ambassador and a tour manager than I am um a stand-up comedian. Um love taking stand-up gigs, but I'm like I I have uh I have gigs coming up and I'm like oh I don't even know what I'm going to do. I need to get back on stage. That's where my my Tuesdays and Wednesdays need to be me on stage working on new material. And it needs to be working on stuff that I spent time during the day sitting down and doing. Um I'm going through some health things that have really affected me. And again, in catch up episodes, I will talk to you guys about them to give context. Um, but I can't just do a four hour episode now and then expect anyone to be interested in what's coming from the past, <clears throat> but it has affected this podcast getting out, uh, for a long time. And so I, I need a big routine habit overhaul. But what I decided to myself was rather than throwing money at something that's probably not going to happen, I even have video equipment I bought to do like sit down reviews in my room. And, uh, I don't think I'll ever use them because again, the, the phones are becoming more powerful than some of these things that you're buying. So I have like, I'm gonna have like video cameras and, and lav mics and stuff for sale. Um, ring lights, shit that I probably will never use. Um, but I threw money at it. I probably spent a few, few thousand dollars of thank God grant money at it. It's, uh, uh <clears throat> excuse me. It's about being, um being honest and being accountable and disciplined. So my thoughts were, um, if I can't do the podcast, if I can't get the podcast written and out on time and, and sorry, recorded, not written, recorded out on time, everything like that. If I can't be writing a little bit of jokes and getting on stage, um, it's not the time for me to be starting yet another venture. And so my goal, my, my, um, resolution is to, catch up all the episodes I've missed as well as to not miss any anymore, to be on time with all of them. Um, so yeah, let me know, let me know, uh, your thoughts, contact at one man Let me know if you'd be interested to see any like vlogging stuff. Again, this is out of nowhere. Just, Hey, hey send me an email. Tell me if you'd be interested. I think it's important. I apologize. My phone is also going off. It's actually forgetting. Cause literally let me know, uh, was the first words out of a text. Um, there's a ton of work going on here, uh, in Ottawa and everyone is asking me to be a part of it. And it doesn't matter how many times I tell them I'm not available on that day. They keep sending me a message. What if I gave you like a few extra dollars an hour? Would you cancel the other? I'm overwhelmed. Um, this podcast has always been me being as honest as, and transparent as I can with, uh, with anyone who's listening. I am so overwhelmed with life right now, guys. I'm, uh, I'm having, um, health problems, <clears throat> I, uh, I've, I'm gaining weight back from, uh, from when I did that, that shake thing, which I talked briefly about in in the last episode. Um, I was down to 260 pounds, which was like a total of like 60 pounds lost. Uh, last time I was on scale, I was like 284. Um, but that was like all of Christmas. That was all of like going to an all-inclusive resort in Mexico, um, coming back and, and doing something where we were given free food to like bring home, like a ton of free food to bring home. Um, no discipline, no discipline. And I'm, I'm really struggling. Um, 
just being transparent. So I need to make, I need to like really make a routine. I'm, I'm a, I'm a creature that works better under structure. And, um, a lot of my, you know, um, distracting myself from all of the fears and, and frustrations and concerns and worry that I have is like this trip stuff. Now, luckily I found ways to, to be able to do it completely in budget and everything like that, uh, with some of the strategies that I'll share with you in, in, you know, past episodes that have yet to be recorded and future episodes coming. But, um, I just wanted to say to you guys that it is my goal now, and I've said it before, but I think I'm, I'm just, I'm done and I'll try to speak to why it's been so hard. Um, but I want to get all the episodes done. I want to get them consistent. And by the end of 2023, I want us to be entirely caught up, not an episode missing. I would love to have celebrated episode 300 with you. Sadly, it was last week and I wasn't even aware that that's the number that it was at. Um, but at the same time, I'm missing like 50 episodes from the last, you know, 18 months. And so to celebrate a 300th episode when really it'd be like episode 250 something, I think I'd like to get caught up, build, uh, build more of a listenership and really celebrate big with you guys when we get to episode 400. Um, cause that'll be a big milestone and I'm excited for that. Um, and, and I hope you'll still be doing this. So, um, as it stands one man podcast this week, um, no vlog in the foreseeable future. If I can, uh, if I can build this thing up guys, I will maybe look at starting to vlog, um, you know, uh, in 2024. But I think the, what I'd really like to do is maybe be making enough money, um, through stand up the podcast and, uh, and, and then my marketing gigs to be actually be able to hire someone to edit my vlog videos for me. Um, I don't know what that would cost, but if I was able to just say, Hey, look, I did all the, the, the filming and all this stuff, I just, I need you to take it and put it in an Adobe premiere or final cut and, and make this thing flashy and you figure out the be real stuff and you figure out the, 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 you know, music content that isn't, you know, that's royalty free or license free or whatever. So, okay. <laughs> Excuse me. And I'm really feeling my chest starting to, to frig up with, uh, you know, all the dust. Oh, it's a day. Okay. Gang, let's talk about some, uh, some just random stuff. Um, watch the movie, Megan. I don't know if you guys have seen trailers for it. It's like another one of those Chucky movies. It's a doll that, that, you know, uh, wants to protect the little girl and, and takes it too far by killing people. Ah, first, first sip of the new year chronologically, but not episodically. Okay. Um, I, uh, I watched Megan. I didn't, um, we were going to rent it and it was like 24 99 to rent. And then we found a way to get it for free. And, uh, we watched it and I got to say, if you guys are like, like Crystal and I, uh, are, are horror movie fans, the kiddos, not so much anymore. Michaela used to be, I was gonna call her mix, but you guys know Michaela used to be. And, uh, she seems to be less interested in horror movies now. So the kids didn't, weren't interested in watching it. So Crystal and I watched it and it was very much like the Chucky movie, the newer Chucky movie where it's like, it's an AI and it, and it, you know sees a threat, you know, starts off something small, like the neighbor's dog bites the kid and the dog now has to die. And then the, the, the robot just progressively starts to become more protective of the little girl attacking anyone who bullies or says anything. And then before you know it, everybody's got to die. Um, <clears throat> sadly, this is one of those movies that, um, it, it, it shows you all of the scary parts, if you will, or the, the, the aggressive parts in the trailer. There's not a scene that happens in the movie that, that isn't slightly addressed in the trailer, which is disappointing because basically all the scariest stuff is, is you've already seen it. Um, and I don't mean an element of each scene. I mean, like quite literally like her galloping on all fours through the forest. That just, is just creepy. 
to look at it. It doesn't aid her in any way whatsoever, but it just, it's just creepy looking. And then there's a point where it's like dancing in the hall and bouncing off walls and whatever. And it's just a creepy way to move. But again, it doesn't serve any purpose. Um, very, very, very skippable, very skippable. It looked like it was going to be good. Very, very skippable. Um, and I'll just leave it at that. I don't want to spoil anything, but if you were excited to watch the movie, please don't waste your money on it. See if you can find it for free or wait till it's on one of the streaming services. You will be glad that you did. Um, I wanted to offer a random shout out to, uh, to a very nice young man who seems to be a very big fan of the one man podcast apparel. His name is James. He's in Redlands, California. I want to say a big thank you to James for being a one man podcast supporter. Um, and his dad is a good friend of mine. Uh, JD Bauer of JD Bauer botanicals. Great dude. Um, I have spent some time chatting with him. I'm getting even more, uh, of the soap products, uh, that he sells coming in. Um, I don't know how to get them to you guys, but if you're in Canada and you want to up your soap game, reach out to me, contact the one man podcast.com. I, uh, came across JD a long time ago. I'm not sure if there's an episode where I will, will talk about this. I'll, I'll basically my, my strategy for finding out what was going on with me in old episodes will be to look through my photos because I never delete any photos. Like I'll take pictures of just random shit while I'm out shopping, whatever. But I, um, I, I will go through my photos with the timestamps and see what was going on with me then. And I will talk about that. I will go through my emails and I'll look at my calendar. That's how I'm going to see what was being sent to me. What was I doing? What was I booking? What was I communicating, you know, during those periods? And that'll give me some talking points. But JD Bauer, um, at one point I was all about my, like, I still am all about my, my beard and taking good care of my, my, basically my outside. I don't take care of my inside very well, emotionally, psychologically, or dietarily, nutritionally. Um, but the outside I, I clean it, I wash it, I trim it. Like I, I'm, I'm. Uh, very superficial. Is that a thing? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I take good care of my appearance, do my best to again on a surface level. But, um, I remember I was watching these beer channels and they were all saying that like, if you are using beer products like oils and beard oils and beard bombs and, and beard butters and things like that over time, they just sort of, you know, they, they start to, you know, have a build up, a base layer build up. Um, where you're, you're just, you should strip it once a month with a good solid pine tar soap because pine tar just you know, strips everything off. It's a really good, uh, uh, not exfoliant, but, uh, it's just a good, it's just a good, I guess, not even degreaser. It's just a really good stripping soap, pine tar, a stripping element, a stripping substance. So the whole idea is that because there's beer bubble, it's just once a month, you take a good pine tar soap, you, you, you know, rub it through your beard, scrub, 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 whatever. And it just, it's going to pull out all the little excess, you know, uh, beeswax and, and things like that, that are in a lot of bombs and butters and stuff like that. It just resets your beard, gives a nice solid clean. And so I started researching, um, you know, where do you get this? You know, well, where's, what's a good place to buy a bar of pine tar soap from, right? Cause I had pine tar soap from Dr. Squatch, but it had like oatmeal in it for exfoliant and sand and stuff like that. And I was just like, okay, like a lot of these videos that were suggesting a pine tar stripping were also suggesting types of bars. I'm like, none of them were suggesting Dr. Squatch. So I was like, okay, plus the Dr. Squatch bars are big and I'm like, they're expensive. Maybe I can find a cheap bar somewhere. Well, in my search, I started Googling pine tar, da, 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 like YouTube reviews. And I found uh, a guy, a little, little shout out. I do find his videos a little boring though. They're, they're, they're informative. It's almost like sitting through like a, a really bad, uh, college class or university lecture where it's like, ah, the information is there, but this guy couldn't possibly be harder to listen to. 
So this guy, his channel's called Natural Soap Man. He's not as bad as a college professor, but I just mean that like his, not a lot of razzmatazz or panache to his fucking videos. So the whole idea is he's sitting there and he's telling about, but he told, he was, he was like pine. He found this pine tar soap and he's like, it's from a guy called J, you know, place called JD Bauer botanicals in Redlands, California. And he uses more pine tar in his soap than anybody else. It's got the most pine tar, like 33% pine tar, which is tons, right? Cause a lot of other pine tar companies will put just enough pine tar in there so that you can smell it, but you don't necessarily get all the benefits from it. You know, and then some of the bars, the other guys had suggested that had, had more than it, but Dr. Squatch, almost no pine tar. And it's a really shitty product. Um, it smells nice and it washes you, but the actual effects of pine tar, it's almost like, um, I'm sure some people know that like shea butter is a very, very good product for you. Um, however, most products that put shea butter in it, it it's like one or 2%. So again, it's like, it's enough to say that it's in there, but the good that it does is far outweighed by whatever shitty synthetic moisturizers or shampoos or whatever else they put in it. So it's like, Hey, it's got shea butter. And you're like, Oh, that's good for you. It's like, yeah, but it's, it's diluted. You know what I mean? It'd be like putting a couple of drops of like, uh, oregano oil into a glass of gasoline. You're like that oregano oil is going to be insanely overshadowed by the gasoline you're drinking. So, um, having, you know, 33% pine tar in the soap really allows the pine tar to do what it's good at, which is cleaning and whatnot. And I spoke to JD a long time ago and I was like, Hey man, I'd love to get, you know, some of, you know, I'd love to try some of your soap. What happened was I, I went to the guy's site. I went to JD's site because this recommendation seemed good to me. Hey, it's got more pine tar than anything else. Let's give that shit a go. And, uh, I reached out to him and sadly he didn't deliver to Canada. His Etsy store, which is where he sold from was not, uh, not delivering to Canada, but I reached out to him and said, Hey man, I'd really love to try your, your pine tar soap. Is there any way I can just pay you and you shipped me? And he was such a good dude. He was like, Hey man, I'd love to, you know, let me just send you some stuff. I don't really ship to Canada, but let me send you some stuff. Um, you know, and it just sent me a few bars and, and I was, again, I was only interested in the pine tar to wash my beard. But when I tried his regular soap, I was like, dude, your soap is so goddamn good. I, I got to have it. So I stopped buying Dr. Squatch soap. I sold off the ones that I had and I am all about the JD Bauer botanicals. And, uh, that was well over a year ago. And, um, he and I, I've been ordering from him since I put together large orders and to the point where I've actually started, um, he was selling pine tar. pine tar soap was just regular bar soap you use. And I, I remember asking him like, Hey, why don't, why don't you have like exfoliant ears? Like every other place that's like all about their pine tar soap. Um, they put like, you know, sand and, and oatmeal and things like that in it. And he was saying, actually, uh, a lot of people with eczema and psoriasis, uh, by my soap, it's really good for it. It's really good at like D D I don't know if detoxifying is the right word, but again, it's really good at like pulling shit out of your skin. You know what I mean? What do you, what do you call that? Anti, you know, it's not, it's not really, is it detoxing? Cause it doesn't detox you from the inside. A lot of detoxification is like taking from out, you know, inside your body and, and, you know, pure, purifying it, whatever through what your, your fucking kidneys or whatever, like a lot of detox from within. So what's the, what's the term I'm looking for? It's cleansing, really good cleanser, really good, uh, whatever. You know what? I'm going to pause. I'm going to find the fucking cinnamon because I struggle with this every time I try to explain why the pine tar is good. One sec. So after a good few minutes of searching, I have not been able to find a word to describe what I'm looking for. Again, it's not an exfoliant because it doesn't scratch the skin. People with psoriasis, the whole reason I asked him why there's no exfoliants in it, like sand or oatmeal or any of that kind of stuff is because he's like, well, people with psoriasis and eczema can't you know, scratch up their skin, right? But it's really good at 
and then blank. I can't find a fucking word for it. It's not, it's not an exfoliant. It's not a cleansing. Sure. But, but any soap would clean, right? So how do you, how do you pull shit out? It's like the same word as stripping. It strips garbage out of your system. So I'm just going to read the description of his pine tar soap. How about that? Well, you found it. The most serious pine tar soap out there. Welcome. If you came here by mistake, leave. This isn't for you. Here's your chance. Run, flee, raise your white flag. I love this guy because even his write-ups have like his personality in them. Um, and I haven't mentioned he's a, a history teacher and a botanist. So the guy knows his shit. Uh, now for the rest of you, this is genuine frontier, badass cowboy, native whaler, pirate, mountain man, get things done, outlaw country in a bar. Pure adventure. This soap comes out of the pages of history. Real pine tar soap. This is the real deal. Difficult to make and hard to find. 100% natural, super smoky, made from saponified coconut oil, olive oil, pine tar, the blood of our enemies. Just kidding. It's vegan. Not, uh, not some sad, weak, pathetic knockoff. This is pure pine tar soap. Nothing else added. It's lethal, highly addictive, powerful, healthy. It smells like victory and naval battle. I love this guy. A naval battle and the frontier all tied up into one. This is fight soap, war soap, crush your enemy's soap, take no prisoner soap. It is not for the timid. This soap is almost lost to time. It's an old recipe. Pine tar was used by Native Americans for their beliefs in its healing powers. They used it to treat eczema and many other skin disorders. Made by using the roots of pine trees that are heated in an airless environment, the liquid that oozes is pine tar. This recipe was then resurrected in the ages when men built tall ships and sailed them into legends and eternity. Yep, it's pirate soap. It smells like smoke and pine. The bar is black. The leather, sorry, the lather is black. It won't color you. It cleans your soul. Uh, raise the flag, raise the black flag and sail into victory. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's really good shit. And I, um, I love it. And, uh, since then I was like, dude, you need to make these into beard bars because, <clears throat> like the huge bar will just, it'll get used up too fast. But if you have little beard bars, like that's what that brought me to you. And we've been collaborating on stuff ever since we even collaborated because I had a lot of people who were buying my Dr. Squatch stuff on me. I told them I found a better pine tar. So they're like, Oh yeah, does it have like the scratchy stuff? I love just the scratchy feel. And I'm like, no, it does it because a lot of his clients would not benefit from them. So he and I collaborated and we, I was saying to him like, dude, you gotta make one because I'll, I'm telling you to sell it. And he was like, really? Like, um, we, we talked and, uh, he decided we, we, we talked, we collaborated and we came up with one that's called rough and rugged. And I'm going to read you that description because this is totally, uh, a brainchild of he and I, uh, pine tar, black pepper, and sweet tobacco. This rough and rugged exfoliation bar is my best-selling pine tar soap with sweet tobacco and black pepper added. It's fantastic and smells smoky with a sweet tobacco finish. It contains black pepper to scrub off dirt and dead skin and the charcoal removes toxins. Not only does this soap smell rugged and smoky, but it has some very beneficial properties. Pine tar has been shown to be, uh, anti-puritic anti-inflammatory. There you go. Maybe that's one of the words I was looking for. Antibacterial and antifungal. Ant antibacterial helps too. So yeah, there, there you go. There's some of the benefits. These properties make pine tar suitable for the tropical, sorry, topical treatment of eczema, psoriasis, seborrhea, dermatitis, and other dry, itchy, flaky, or inflamed skin conditions. NIH, National Institute of Health. Um, oh, I'm, I think that's where uh, that comes from. I guess he's citing it, but although it doesn't look like that the way it's typed in, um, activated hardwood charcoal also does wonders for the skin. Activated hardwood charcoal aids in removing impurities and deep cleansing, soaking up excess oil, 
clearing blemishes and acne, reducing the appearance of pores, uh, brightening skin. Finally, even the black pepper is good for you. Peppers, antibacterial and anti-inflammatory properties help cure skin infections and acne. It exfoliates dead skin and stimulates blood circulation, causing more oxygen to flow, uh, to your face. This results in a healthy and glowing complexion. This soap is already a favorite. Try it out. Yeah. When I was, uh, when he posted it originally, on Instagram, he's like, Hey dude, da, da, da. and he tagged me in it and was like, you know, collaboration with one man podcast. And we came up with the soap. He's like, dude, it's flying off the shelves. Um, this is a really long story to tell you guys that, uh, that, uh, I, I have got a reasonable size of inventory from JD Bauer stuff. So any of my Ottawa listeners or people in the area who are interested in me sending them some soap, um, the bars are big. It's 15 bucks a bar. Uh, and there's not a lot of margin on that. I assure you. Um, but these things are great. He sells them for $10 us. Um, so they're not, they're not cheap to begin with. And then of course, by the time I get them shipped here, um, this is more of just like, I, I do make a couple bucks off of the bars. Don't get me wrong, but, uh, they're amazing. Like in their game changers. So again, like the beard bars, uh, he and I collaborated. We made just basically, it's just the pine tar, but in a smaller version. So we've made beard bars. Uh, they're five bucks. It's really not that expensive. So if you're a fellow listening to this podcast uh, or a lady who's, who's got a fellow with a beard, uh, or you just want to try a small version of this pine tar, you know, just to see if it's as good as it's five bucks, get a hold of me. I can throw one in a little bubble, bubble mail or whatever, and send it your way. Um, let me know, contact the one man podcast.com. But, um, I had a good chat with JD the other day. We've got some more stuff coming down the pipeline. I, uh, again, just, I'm about his stuff guys. I gotta tell you, and I've tried the Dr. Squatch stuff. I have a shelf full of Aesop products that I will continue to use. You know, uh, their parsley seed facial cleansers and stuff. I like what they got, uh, their, their hand soaps and things like I like Aesop and I'm not shying away from them anytime soon, but, uh, JD's got a lot of products beyond soap as well. He's got like shampoo bars and things. I like his stuff. Um, I would strongly suggest following him on Instagram and checking a look. He's actually a guy who was on the weakest link last year in, uh, in the U S so they've resurrected that show, the weakest link. Jane Lynch is the host. He was a contestant on it and he won the entire thing. Um, he, uh, it was, uh, he even used his winnings to upgrade his, uh, his production. So he, he does everything himself. Everything's handmade. Um, great dude. Great dude. I have his some California guys, California to Ottawa, only person in Canada that has it, but I'm such a huge fan of his stuff. I even had a person, um, right before I left for Playa del Carmen, somebody who I sold a bar of soap to after one of the shows, uh, in Toronto sent me a message on Instagram, family on Instagram, sent me a message and was like, dude, you're the worst. And I was like, oh my God, like just that, that's how she started the message. She's like, you're the worst. That soap that you sent me is absolutely amazing. And I love it. Blah, bitty, blue, bitty, blee. And I was like, oh, that's great. I'm like, well, I still have some. So we, we talked and she placed an order with me. So I filled up a, a shipping box of soap and sent it her way. She's absolutely door. So I'm already shipping to other parts of, uh, Ontario, this soap, but it's, it's that good. It's that good guys. Um, I never thought, you know, I was like, fuck, I'm gonna have to sell this stuff at $15 to make it worthwhile. And I don't know if anyone buy it. Like I was selling seven, eight bars a, a night after shows and people were like, that's crazy. They cleaned me out in like a week. So anyways, I'm just, I'm just excited. It's, it's some nice stuff. So, uh, shout out to James in Redland, California and, uh, and shout out to JD Bauer as well. Appreciate you guys and all of your support. Um, also. What else? What else? Let's talk about some stuff here. Cause I see, uh, we're, we're, we're getting along in the, uh, the episode here. Let's talk about the last of us, the fourth, the fourth episode. Okay. Um, I, I will have opinions on the other episodes. I will try not to get too much into them. I played the video games. Video games were great. The story was phenomenal. Um, I, um, 
enjoying watching the last of us, the series. Um, I'm, I'm not liking some of the changes that they're making and I'm, I've got friends and people in my life who are like, Oh, I think it's good. And it is good. It's fine. It's fine. Um, the only thing is that the game has a simple plot. I was actually chatting with this, with my buddy Chad about this the other day, because <clears throat> I like, we always get into it and a lot of people are like, well, you know, it's not a video game, right? I'm like, of course I know it's not a video game. Um, there are many changes that they've made to the show, uh, in certain episodes and things like that, that have nothing to do with the video game, but they don't affect the overall plot, right? Like there's certain things, the, the creator of the game, Neil Druckmann, who's a creative consultant on the show, you'll see his name many times. Um, he's referred to the story of the last of us as simple story, complex characters. And I, I have enjoyed in the game. I really enjoyed the complexity of the characters because it took it from being just a video game that I wanted to play and shoot people and kill zombies to like, wow, I really want to see what's happening with these characters are doing a really good job of, of developing these characters. And <clears throat> I'm finding in the show, they're just throwing away a lot of the complexity and then they're beating you overhead with, with a lot of the simple stuff. It's almost like they think a TV audience is more, uh, is less intelligent than video game audiences. I know, I don't know what it is, but, um, in the fourth episode of the show, there was some th- big changes that were made as well, which I didn't find, uh, I didn't find further the plot, you know, um, I think that that I basically what I was saying, I was just talking to Chad the other day and I was saying that at the end of the day, the story of the last of us is a, is two people on a journey. And as the journey, you know, when the journey starts, they're not close. When the journey ends, they're going to be closer. I don't feel like that's a spoiler. If you've been watching the last of us and, and up to this point, and you can't see that they're the story is them getting closer. I mean, I'm sorry, again, this is not a new story. I was even saying like, there's, there's other games, there's other games like it. And there's other stories. Like there are so many stories like it. In fact, just chatting with Chad, like I, I pulled four of them off the top of my head. You know what I mean? Uh, Rain Man with Tom Cruise and Dustin Hoffman, right? Two people, not close journey across the country, get closer. Um, back to video games. We have God of War, right? Kratos and his son. Uh, you know, not close, get close by the end back to movies. We have planes, trains, and automobiles, John Candy and, and Steve Martin, right? Is it Steve Martin? It's just Steve Martin. Yeah. I was thinking, I was like, is it Martin short? No, it's not Martin short. Steve Martin, uh, you know, not at odds get towards the end friends, right? That movie due date with fucking Robert Downey Jr. And Zach Galifianakis. I haven't even seen it, but I know it's the same thing. Two guys who are forced to travel together will be close by the end. The movie Identity Thief with Melissa McCarthy and Jason Bateman. Oh, whatever their, whatever the connection is, is guys, these are not new stories, which is why the, the, the skin and bones of the, of the story is not the important part. It's the, the, the lifeblood of the story is the characters and what they've done with them. And the issue I take with the show is that they're really um, lessening the characters, like they're, they're expanding on, on elements of the game and, and, and subtracting from the characters. And that's the thing, like in episode four, we are, uh, learning that there's this, their new city that they're in has got bad guys in it or, or has, has armed seemingly aggressive people in it. In the game, there was there, these people were there. However, they, they had no names. They had no main characters. They had nothing. It was just every time you saw them, you were running from, uh, uh, you know, a vehicle, you know, a bunch of guys who were scary. Like none of them had a name. None of them 
you know, none of them were ever addressed by name is what I should say. They were all just like faceless enemies. And sure, it's a video game. You don't need to know their names. All you need to know is you're in a town and you better watch out because there's bandits of some kind. Um, <clears throat> in this episode, um, they, they jumped past a big thing, uh, because in the last episode I will, I guess I'll address it in the last episode. I'll put some notes or whatever, but we're, we're at this point in time. You're listening to this week's episode, episode four gave us two new characters, a big, you know, salt and pepper bearded guy and some fat chick who seems to be leading something. Um, you know, went with a particular cliffhanger ending. Well, in this, they're all talking about Henry, who's a character from the game. And when you run into Henry in the game, he's just a guy with his little brother who are also trying not to be killed by these bandit guys. Henry's nothing special. He's just another guy trying to survive. Well, in this, they've decided that Henry is like the John Wick of this area, because apparently this one guy, Henry has caused such a disorder with all these people, this woman screaming when he sees the bed. You see what this is? This is Henry's doing. Henry has killed this. Henry is turning other people on us. Henry is like, okay, he's got that much power over you, huh? This Henry guy, just that powerful. Um, and I don't get it. Um, I'm not seeing the value. And again, I haven't been able, well, I could just sit here and speak all of it, but I'll have nothing for the episodes that I missed. So I've had other points in the story too, that, um, I, I take issue with, and again, I, it's not because I'm a, I'm a diehard fanboy, and I'm like, oh, I don't like any change. I don't care. Change what you have to, but keep the story beats the same. Um, there's been some moments with Joel and Ellie. This is the first episode where Joel, uh, sorry, Ellie, um, has a little bit of the humor and charm that she had because all the other episodes were her being super tough and, and really unlikable in my, in my opinion, uh, up to this point. So I'm, I'm excited to see them starting to give her character a little bit of, of, um, humor. Um, I don't want to spoil too much. Again, I don't think I've spoiled a whole hell of a lot. There's an episode where they're in a town and they're trying to escape people. It's almost like you see it in the trailers. I'm, I'm trying to be that, that guy, but when it's all said and done, I'll, uh, I'll give my overall thoughts. And I keep saying to my friends, I'm like, I'm, I'm giving my thoughts on where we're at right now, but at some point the first season will be over and we'll have a lot to talk about. Um, we're, we're having episodes where the whole storyline has changed. Again, I don't care as long as it serves the plot. Sadly, I feel like thus far it's detracting from it. Um, and I'm also concerned because, um, well, whatever, I'll talk about the last episode, uh, when I record that episode, that'll be episode 300, 300. Um, but yeah, I, I am enjoying the last of us and we'll see what they do with it. I'm just a little disappointed that, uh, you know, like here's the thing in a video game, you can show like six helicopters all crashing into each other and then blowing up 12 buildings, the buildings fall over. You're just programming. And I mean, I'm not saying that it's an easy thing to program, but it's not the same as trying to film like the CGI of all of that shit and different angles and blue screens and getting, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's more to show that. So if it was like a scene in a video game where something like that was happening and, <clears throat> and they were, uh, you know, like, oh, well, instead let's have some, I'm like, yeah, I get it. That's kind of a lot to do. And again, what's, what was the point of those helicopters all crashing together to, to scare them? A building falls over and now they have to find another way around. I'm like, okay, well, the main story point is that something prevents them from being able to move forward and you have it happen another way. There's even other scenes that are happening in the show that happen differently in the game. Um, but it's the character's reaction because a lot of these were really like, they were linchpins in the character's developments and stuff. And they've just been completely removed. Um, and so going back to Neil Druckmann's point of simple story, complex story, uh, characters, it is now, it is now to me, in my opinion, if I'm being honest about how I feel about it, it is now simple story, simple characters. Um, and I'm not, I'm not, uh, enjoying it as much as I would had, uh, 
had they had just stuck to their guns and kept certain aspects of the characters like they're they're picking scenes from the sh- the, the game and having the characters say verbatim what they said then the only thing is that when that really matters they're not doing it right so they're just like hey this is a part where remember when they said this to each other and it's like ah, it would have been really good to have kept what they said in the game in the pivotal parts because that's what kept the characters strong whatever anyways i'm not going to i'm not going to be a fucking nerd about it and and just bitch it's just that if any if you're if you're watching this show and you've never seen the game you might be like wow wow i think there's nothing this is a great show and i'm loving it sure you don't know what you're missing um but there's there's little things i'll i'll speak to this one thing about the bills town episode in the last one they did a really nice uh, story when you meet this character in the game the events <clears throat> excuse me the the partnership that he has has already ended and he is a a bitter survivalist because the only person he ever cared about uh left him and you know and then what happens is you know bill joel and ellie are spending some time fighting through the city trying to survive and and, and Bill is so negative, whatever he's constantly yelling at Ellie, Ellie's always snarking back at him and Joel's got to get in between them and shut up and, you know, keep it out and stop it, stop provoking him and this and that. And Joel takes sort of like a parental role only in, only in a disciplinarian and, and keeping the peace kind of way is just trying to, you know, but for Joel, it's also a juxtaposition of like, you know, well, Joel has, is in a position in his life where he has nobody and he could also just be like, I just want to survive, right? Because that's kind of his attitude. We're just trying to survive. We're just trying to survive in the game. And so now there's this guy who's just trying to survive, but he's very cold, unwelcoming, unfriendly. You know what I mean? And just overall not nice to be around because he's always negative. But in the show, Bill is a guy who, you know, was a survivalist, but then he finds a, a lover, this person that who, who has left him and they never leave each other. And they stay together and he, you know, they grow old together and they have a beautiful life. And then he leaves Joel a note saying, Hey, make sure that you, you always protect the ones you love and da, 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 da. And so a huge part of our learning to like Ellie more with her, her sort of standing up for herself against Bill, right? Being a kid, being a little fun, but at the same time, trying to stand up to, you know, stand up for herself, showing she's got a little bit of bite to her. She's not just a quote unquote babe in the woods kind of thing, lost and scared. So she's got a little bit of fight that. There's also like Joel stepping into more of a parental, like, Hey, knock it off, leave him alone. What did I tell you about provoking him? And you know what I mean? Like, like just showing that a little bit of growth for Joel, like he's got to step into the, you know, the, the, the neutralizer, the peacekeeper role, right. Of a parent sometimes between two childish personalities. And then of course there's also for Joel to see what it looks like when you just, you just wall yourself up and that's it. Right. And to even see that bill is like, oh, well, I don't know why you're bothered taking care of anybody. They're just going to leave you and blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? Like just bitter and, and what can happen. And even when Joel tries to like thank him before they part ways, it's just such a negative scene where, you know. Bill owed him, which is why Bill was trying to help him find this car battery or whatever. And at the end of the thing, he goes, he goes, uh, Hey man, thanks for all the help back there. Blah, blah, blah. And Bill's like, uh, yeah, here, take this. It's a siphon, whatever you're going to need it. And then he goes, uh, you know, and then Bill goes, we square. And Joel goes, yeah, man, we're, uh, we're square. And he's all right, get the fuck out of my town. Like just even the last moment is like, get the fuck out of here. Like no friendship, no warmth, just get out of my town. Like you're, you're one more liability. You know what I mean? Like. It was just, it was, to me, it was like, it was a great, these are all growth moments in the game for the characters, 
So for, for Joel, it was like a growth character in the peacekeeper and trying to look out for her and, and giving her just a little bit of parental sort of attention. Um, and it was also an opportunity for him to see what happens when you just shut down and you won't let anybody in. Right. So if you're just going to get hurt for, for trying, you know, don't bother. And it was, it was just sort of like a really extreme version of where he was headed. So it was kind of an interesting little juxtaposition. Right. And then the episode that we're in now, the very next scene that ends the same way they get a truck. A lot of what was happening in the truck with the magazine, all that, it was like word for word verbatim in the game, whatever. Right. And then you get to this town where it's like, all right, the next thing is we have the story beat of, um, Ellie, right. And that didn't happen in the show the show. It was, they, they bill and Frank grew old together. Right. Which, which almost didn't make sense for the character bill because it's like you're hard and grizzled, Right. And I get that when the, when the stuff first started happening, but then you just stayed the survivalist. And that's why Frank and that scene where Frank, right at, right after they kiss and Frank bursts open the front door and he's walking away. That's for people who played the game thinking, oh, here's where they leave each other. You know what I mean? But it never happened. Instead, it was a story of two guys that loved each other. And it was a nice story. It really was. But for people watching the show, they never had this big, long interaction between Ellie, Bill and Joel, which was huge growth for all of those characters. <clears throat> oh, well, it wasn't huge growth for Bill, but it was, but Bill's character interacting with them was so important to the growth of Joel and Ellie. And we never got that in the show. Um, in fact, you also see the first bloater in the game, which comes at you when you're in the school trying to get through it. Whereas here there was no bloater cause that shit never happened. And so this, this stuff crumbling in the ground or whatever, it's a bloater that's going to come out of it. It's an old, old, old infected that's big and powerful and whatever. Um, that's my guess. But, uh, cause we never had one in the show so far. Um, so yeah, it's, um, it's sad to see them making changes that, that sort of take away from the development of the characters because every episode they're really beating Joel over the head with the whole, Hey, make sure you protect the ones you love, protect the ones you love. We got it in the game without them saying things like that. And without them doing things like that, we could see that it was a growth. We could see her worming her way into his heart. Um, so yeah. And then now Henry is much more important than he was in the game. Um, yeah, it's just, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to keep watching it. I'm sorry. I've talked so long about it. I hope you guys, uh, I hope you guys are enjoying it. Enjoy it. I'd love to know what your thoughts are. Contact at one man podcast.com. Tell me what you thought of the last of us. Um, at least episode four for the time being. Um, we, I did a, I did a, let's, let's, let's get this real quick. I just been playing some games with my buddy, Chris, not a lot of them, but while I've been organizing myself and getting myself a little more prepared to be at home. Uh, I don't want to say long-term, but just trying to keep my shit organized so that I can do things like this properly. Um, I have been throwing on the PlayStation and just chatting with uh, the people that are online. And my buddy, Chris, somebody who works, uh, you know, outdoors in the summer and uh, he's inside uh, in the winter. So it's an opportunity for me to shoot the shit with my buddy when he doesn't have any of his family obligations during the day. Um, and so I was watching him watching, uh, while, while I was doing my stuff, my work, um, him play a game called little hope. It is a, a sort of a cinematic type game. It's a horror game. Um, and I just watched him play it. We'd spent a couple of days just having that on the background, shooting the shit. Um, it was fun. And he and I, even earlier today played a little bit of a game called overcooked. I've talked about it before. Love that game. It is literally just a, 
uh, you know, like a, a system building kitchen game where you got to chop stuff and cook stuff and wrap stuff and put stuff out. But the kitchens are all crazy. Like there's earthquakes that separate you. And one guy's on one side of the kitchen with the ingredients. The other guy's on the other side of the kitchen with the, you know, the fryers and the pots. And it's just, you know, you have a time limit and how many orders can you get out before the time limit runs out and you're scored on it. It's just great because every level forces you to create a new system. You know, okay, you're responsible for, for getting clean plates and you're responsible for chopping stuff. And then you throw that to me. I'm responsible for putting it in these things. And I bring it back to you. You're responsible for getting it out to the window. Just, it's fun. It's uh, it's a good cooperative uh, communication game. And Chris and I, you know, if you guys have heard the episodes of me and Chris, we... We, uh, we love each other, but, uh, we argue and stuff all the time. It's, it's hilarious. I think Chris and I really do need to live stream our, our games of overcooked because they'd be so much fun to, to watch. Um, so yeah, we did that this week. I also did a Tim Hortons, uh, activation. I don't want to talk about it too, too much. Um, it was brutal. It was to be Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, Friday, the weather, we got all the way out there. The weather was so cold and this was like nine o'clock in the morning. The weather was so cold. It was negative 40 degrees, uh, Celsius with the wind chill, which is crazy cold. Hey Siri, what is negative degrees? Uh, negative degrees. Let's just fix that. Also, No, I don't need that. I couldn't even speak properly. Hey Siri, what is negative 40 degrees Celsius in Fahrenheit? Okay. It says it's negative 40 Fahrenheit. So I guess they met me at that. So anyone who's wondering negative 40 all around, um, so it was cold as hell. They ended up, once we had got everything there and got it, they ended up calling the whole festival for that day. Like a lot of my friends doing other activations were all like, oh, we're not working today. It's, it's too cold and this and that. So they eventually called it. And then Saturday was supposed to be the same. It was negative 37 degrees um, Celsius. So again, very close to negative 40 for my American friends. And they were like, it was like, we're talking a couple of degrees difference, really not that different. It should have been shut down. They were like, oh, well, we're going to delay everything till like a noon open. So like we did two hours and I was like, hey, it's really bad out guys. Like we can't feel our fingers and shit. Like it's really bad. But the people who weren't in our city, um, had decided that we were going to go with it. And it was really bad. Um, all we were doing all literally all we were doing was, uh, filling cups of hot chocolate, uh, and coffee for the lunatics who were coming out to this like little you know, cold winter festival of their own free will. They could have stayed home wrapped up and warm. Instead, they're like, nah, let's go out and kill our family. So, um, I, uh, wasn't in love with the second day, uh, the first day of working second day of the activation. Uh, there was almost nobody at the festival cause it was too fucking cold. And we had lots of leftover, you know, like this little shack they had us in. It's not like, it's not like we were in a restaurant or, or like a food truck. It was literally a shack where we put like a folding table in it. They delivered carafts of the coffee and we had to like pour milk that was frozen. Like those little creamers, like cream and milk frozen. So you're like opening it up, trying to open it up with gloves on. Imagine that, like trying to pull that little paper tab, almost impossible. Um, so whoever's at the window was like doing it with their bare hands is the only way to open it up. And it was just, it was just a nightmare of a gig. Um, people were happy to get their free drinks, but it could have gone infinitely better, uh, than it did just based on the, the temperature. And then of course the third day, I think it was like only negative 12 or negative 13. Hey Siri, what's negative 13 degrees Celsius and Fahrenheit. It's 8.6 degrees Fahrenheit. So I'll just give you an idea, but so it wasn't still cold, but it wasn't so bad that like our fingers weren't working. Our toes weren't working, that nobody was there. It was super busy and we continuously ran out of a stock. We had like refills set up, but because the previous day had been so slow and we had all this leftovers, they didn't uh, prepare to create more, uh, drinks. And so when everyone came out on Sunday, or keep in mind, this is a festival that was supposed to open Friday. 
everyone who wanted to come out and see it, uh, like almost everyone came out Sunday. We had lineups nonstop. We ran out of our stuff and we spent half the day giving away drinks. And then the other day apologizing to everyone saying, Hey, our next refill is going to be at one o'clock. Make sure you're here. Um, the people I worked with were great. They were all new brand ambassadors and I was the team lead. So it wasn't horrible. Uh, big shout outs to Scott, Caitlin and JP on the project from diamond marketing. Uh, they were great. They were great support systems. It was just sad that like the weather was really rough and we had some logistical issues. Um, they asked me to be a, a part of the lead for the whole program, but sadly I'm, I'm spoken for on another activation coming up, uh, starting as early as Friday. Uh, I will be handing out, um, fireball samples again at Winterlude. So that's going to be fun, 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 fun. Yeah. Um, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it. And then on Sunday, I'm a standby for Haribo gold bears. So those gummy bears that everybody loves, uh, I'll be giving them away for free in Winterlude this weekend. So lots of stuff coming up and, um, the most fun I had all week. Okay. Um, my birthday Oh yeah, I'm 40 now. <laughs> That's a thing. I'm 40 years old. As of January 19th, 2023, this old man, he's almost dead. Um, I'm, I'm 43 years, or 43, 40 years old. Uh, it's the, it's the three from 83 to 23. That makes me, uh, think of the threes. 40, 40, 40, 40. So, um, I went to Playa del Karma for my 40th. I had breakfast with my mom and my dad before I left. And that was just a little see me before my birthday. Uh, when I came back, my two buddies, Jimmy and Mika took me out and I'll talk about that on the appropriate episode. And, uh, and then yeah, Crystal, I think it would have been, it would have been last Friday. There's no fucking way it would have been last Friday. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I, Crystal was like, oh, well your, your mom and your dad and everybody wants to, you know, take you out for dinner my mom was suggesting like, Hey, what if we went to absolute comedy and you, you know, we could have the buffet, which they're not doing right now. And they're like, we could have the buffet and then you could do some stand up. I'm like, I don't want to fucking work. So Crystal was in charge of, of planning. She was letting me know what my mom was saying. And I was telling Crystal, I'm like, I don't want to fucking do that. And, and what Crystal had suggested is I'm like, yeah, this is actually what I was going to say. I love that woman so much. She, she knows me uh, at times better than I know myself, but it was cool because she knew exactly what I would like. And, and I was just like, I would love to have the two sides of the family together. I love her family and I love spending time with them. And at the holidays, we, we, it's, it's sometimes tough to coordinate like my side, doing something with my side and then doing something with her side. And I was like, I would really love it if the two sides of the family were, you know, combined, blended so that when we do a Christmas dinner or something, we have everyone together. We don't have to be like, Hey, sorry, mom, I can't spend, you know, Christmas Eve with you because I'm spending it with this side of the family. I'd love to just be like, yeah, we're all going to get together at this house this year. So I said a birthday dinner where both sides are together would make me very happy. And Crystal planned that. So, um, because it's after Christmas and, you know, everyone's recovering from all the spending in December. Uh, I was like, why, like, why don't we just, I know it's February actually at this point, but it's just trying to get everyone together takes time. So I was just like, she's like, where do you want to go? And we were trying to think of like some buffet places and stuff. And eventually I just landed on Boston pizza. I'm like, let's go to Boston pizza. It's, it's mid tier money. The, the menu has lots of different options, you know? And if we're volunteering everyone else to come out and pay for their own shit, like, like mid tier, I'm happy with Boston pizza. And there's a few central locations that are easy to get to for everybody. Very happy with that. I was also like, I'm having too many birthday celebrations. You know what I mean? It felt like a lot, but it was cool. I, I was willing to do one more as an excuse to get everyone together. And I had a really great time. I got to spend some time chatting with my dad. I got to spend some time chatting with, uh, you know, Michaela. Um, I got to see, you know, uh, Sam and, uh, and Eric, uh, Crystal's sister and brother-in-law, and then her brother, Brad and his fiance, Audrey. Um, 
you know, um, I got to see my brother, his wife, I got to see my nephew and my niece. It was nice. It was just a really nice night and I kind of didn't want it to end. Um, but I had a great time. I had a really, really great time. It was the best part of my week. Um, great night. Then I went back and I, I spent, you know, just the night with Crystal and we got to sort of have our first relaxed night together since we got back from our trip. Um, so it was just good. Like I felt like I had a really good week guys. I hated the work. Um, just because it was so fucking cold and I'm not looking forward to doing it this weekend, but it was like record lows in a long time. So it was nice to, to have some nice warm family time. I was really happy with, um, I was so grateful for crystal doing all the planning cause I didn't have to think at all. And I don't know about you guys listening, but some of us are like self-employed and, and you know, with me, with, with brand ambassador work and stand up comedy and just being the one in general, who's pretty coordinated uh, as is crystal, right? Like crystal does coordination. She's a supervisor. She's doing logistics and planning all the fucking time. So sick of planning everything, you know? Um, so for some people, they never plan anything and it's like, oh, when I plan something, oh, it's different for me. I'm, I plan shit all the time, logistics and figuring it out. And does this work for you and coordinating other people's schedule? I hate it. I don't, I don't like, well, let's put it this. I don't hate it. I don't want to do it when I don't have to. So for Crystal to take the reins, take it off my plate, not that it ever was on my plate, but for her to go through with doing all this extra stuff, I didn't have to think about it. Who's available? Is everyone come? It was just like Boston pizza works for you. you good Friday. Yeah. Okay. And then she took care of everything else. Love it. Couldn't be happier. So, um, that's the podcast for this week, guys. I will give you a couple quick plugs. I am. Um, well, let's, let's, let's start with coming up. Yeah, no, I'll do the plugs first. All right, guys, I'm hosting at absolute comedy in March, March 21st through 26th here in Ottawa. Okay. So my home club, absolute comedy here in Ottawa, March 21st through 26th, I am hosting and I will be headlining. Okay. So doing a full headline set May 23rd through 28th here in Ottawa. Okay. So go to absolutecomedy.ca. You can get tickets there or call 613-233-8000 for the reservations. You get your tickets booked over the phone. Very important guys. Again, March 21st to 26th, uh, hosting May 23rd to 28th headlining both at the absolute comedy here in Ottawa. Um, I will be adding some referral links into the descriptions from now on. Um, I'm going to add a referral link for the founders card. Um, I will tell you guys more about it when they get that episode, uh, done. But if you guys are looking to up your travel game, um, and by that, I mean like actually being able to afford, nobody wants to go on vacation and get like the shittiest room somewhere. Right. Nobody wants to go to Las Vegas or, or, uh, you know, a big resort property and pay resort fees. Cause you think, oh my God, I'm getting it for $50 a night. That's great. Then you find out you're paying an extra $50 a night in resort fees. You're like, you just doubled the cost of your reservation. Um, staying at hotels and buying the cheapest room, but then being able to get a free, like a guaranteed upgrade so that when you don't have to buy the most expensive room, getting discounts on rental cars and getting discounts on all sorts of stuff, guys, the founders card is a way to get elite status with places, uh, just because you have a membership with them. Um, I will give you a small example cause I don't expect you to click on the link knowing nothing about it, but, uh, I have a trip to Las Vegas, Nevada, um, booked in April, April 4th through 11th. Um, my stay was going to cost me 800 bucks because I had, uh, like 300 and some odd dollars in, uh, hotel costs, but then I had another $45 per day times seven and then tax on that in resort fees. Okay. So I was going to be paying about another 400 bucks, uh, us, uh, for the resort fees. The founder's card is in us dollars. Um, but here's the thing guys, just as an example of what the founder's card does is in Vegas, um, most properties are owned by MGM or Caesars. So if you're staying at a Caesars property, 
Um, if you have what's called their diamond status, which takes a lot of play, a lot of money and a lot of spending to get that says a lot. You can't just go there and be like, Oh, $2,000. No, like, like 15 to $25,000 worth of spending, gambling, whatever to achieve that status. It's a lot of money. A lot of us are not going to be spending that. Um, but you would get something that's called diamond status, right? It's like their tier level. So, okay, your gold, platinum, diamond, like that stuff. So diamond status, once you're at diamond status with Caesars resorts, you no longer pay resort fees. Okay. And so, uh, essentially, um, when you get the founder's card, all right, you get instant Caesars diamond status. It's a perk of having this founder's card. The, the founder's card is $595 us a year to purchase just like these statuses reset at the end of the year, if you don't spend enough to maintain them. So by purchasing the founder's card, you automatically get diamond status. Okay. All the automatically you, you upgrade, you, you put in a form. I've already done all this because I was like, Oh, I can get diamond status this way. Amazing. So what I did was I went to, um, uh, I, I clicked on someone's link cause I vetted it. I was like, I'm not going to just sign up for some card because I saw an article about it, but I vetted it. I watched online reviews and everyone was like, yeah, if you can make use of this, that, and whatever, this card's great because it gives you gold status with Hilton. Uh, it gives you this, by the way, that's, we stated a Hilton in Playa del Karma to Playa del Carmen, sorry, not Karma, but Playa del Carmen and, uh, the gold status upgrades your room. It got us a cabana on the beach, like all sorts of shit that you get just for being gold. Another perk of the founder's card is you get instant Hilton. Uh, gold status, which means when you stay at any of Hilton's portfolios, you get free upgrades to your rooms, free drinks and things like that. So for me, the Caesars diamond status alone was worth the five ninety five. So when I went to pay, it turns out that I clicked on someone's link and it actually lowered the price down to 495 us. So I want to make this clear to you guys who are listening for $495 us. I got the founder's card. By upgrade, by, by getting that instant Caesars diamond status, I had those resort fees removed. All right. I called them and they removed all the resort fees and my price for my week in Vegas went from 800 down to 400. All right. So $495 the card. And I immediately took $400 off my cost of the trip. So it canceled up 400 bucks of it. Then what happened was, um, you also, as part of Caesars diamond, you actually get a hundred dollar dining credit every year. So guess what? The extra hundred bucks. Uh, that I had left to pay for the diamond, the, this, the, the founder's card, it actually is going to cover some of the meals while we're there. Cause we're going to be eating at Caesar's properties. So boom, the card paid for itself. I, if I didn't buy the card, I would have spent the exact same amount of money in resort fees and in that, but get this, I'm reserving, uh, I've reserved a, a rental vehicle. Uh, I did that this morning, reserved a rental vehicle for a while I'm in Vegas. You know what else you get in, uh, in Caesar's properties when you're diamond free parking, free parking and free valet. So I actually am saving money now because I have the founder's card. In addition to that, something that you get for being a, a Caesars uh, Rewards Diamond member is you actually get a four night stay for free every year at the Atlantis Resort in the Bahamas. So I actually just added a four day free trip. Now I have to pay for airfare, of course, and there's some taxes and stuff, but you're not paying for the hotel room uh, for those nights. How fucking awesome is that? Right? So that's a thing. Um, so what I'm trying to say is that I have my founder's card link down there for you guys. The thing is Caesars has properties all over the world. And, um, when you're a Caesars, I'll, I'll tell you guys more about status matching because this episode is getting a little bit long, but there's actually a system called status matching, which, um, hotels and chains and things like that, because they see that you're a high level with one resort property. 
They don't want to lose your business because you're like, oh, I'm going to go stay at a Caesars property instead of an MGM property because Caesars properties, I don't pay resort fees. So there's systems and there's, there's a lot, a lot of places that are like, Hey, we'll status match you, which means once you have status with Caesars diamond, you can reach out to other properties and they will match you status. So as a result, um, Wyndham properties who own like travel lodge and days in and a bunch of these, I believe it's days in, but a bunch of different other ones. Um, they have status match me to diamond because I'm Caesars diamond. So I'm actually traveling at the end of the month to do a, a marketing gig with a grand opening. Um, my, my rate was like way lower. So basically I get free, uh, free diamond upgrades. Like it's usually two levels or suite upgrade. So uh suite as an S U I T E, not S W E E T for anyone listening. Oh, you get a sweet upgrade, not a suite S U I T E, um, upgrade. Even when I book like the base rooms because of my status, my diamond status, so effectively I booked like the cheapest room, um, for, for, you know, that saved money on that, even at, because I'm diamond, I saved money on the rooms and earn points. Um, but on top of that, um, I'll end up getting a, a suite for the price of the base room and I'll let you know if it worked out. It's also based on availability, but you know, it's, I'm going to a small place called Brantford, Ontario. I can't imagine that there's a ton of people buying suites for their stay in Brantford. So it's looking like I bought the cheapest room and I'm going to get a real nice room plus extra amenities or whatever, all of it, because I have the founder's card and I status matched it with my Caesars diamond. Okay. So what I'm trying to tell you guys is it doesn't matter if you're buying rental cars, um, whatever there is a, there's about a good six or seven different, um, tier upgrades, they call them that you get as a result of being a founder's card member. So you'll up your Avis and your budget, uh, Hertz, sorry, Avis and Hertz status, which you can then match with enterprise, which I have done already. So you end up being a very high tier at three different rental car companies. So if you're like, Oh, I need to rent a car. Well, guess what? You now have three options where you can rent and you're at a high tier, which means when you buy a lower one, you get, uh, upgrades for your car too, right? You go up two levels, you know, you rent a compact, pay for a compact, but they give you a, you know, a full size vehicle because you get two, two upgrades. Um, you gain points faster. So you're actually earning more points. Um, for all of my people who are like, Oh, I, I love buying credit cards and things like that. Um, they're not buying credit cards, but signing up for credit cards and things like that because of all the points and perks groovy, do it, love it. Um, this is one of those perks. It is not a credit card. It is just a member service, but you get discounts on, on like Stripe and Square and Amazon web services and Zoom and all these other things. It is a membership for business owners, but you do not tap in my nose here, have to be a member, uh, a business owner. The point I'm getting at is if you want to help this podcast and yourself, I have a link in the description for the founder's card. Okay. It's my link. So it's actually going to give you the card for four ninety five instead of five ninety five. It will save you a hundred dollars us on the card. But once you have it, feel free to reach out to me, contact at one and ask like, Hey, what can I match this with? Because, um, I'll use that as a segue into what I'm doing this week. I'm actually going to be going on a status match, uh, trip to Atlantic city. Uh, this coming week, I'm going to be going the day after Valentine's day, early morning on the 15th. And I'm going to be going to, um, Atlantic city because there is a ton of properties there that require an in-person status match. And I'm doing this so that my statuses are set for when I go to Las Vegas in April. So I'll give you an example. The two major properties in Las Vegas are owned by either Caesars or MGM. Okay. Um, MGM does not, it will status match with Caesars, but it'll, it'll status match Caesars diamond with MGM 
Pearl. Pearl is one thing up. I think it gives you some free parking and a little bit of perks like for points and stuff, but they do not waive your resort fees at the Pearl level. Okay. So, um, you need to have a different tier membership. So what I'm going to be doing is I'm going to be going to Atlantic city and I will be matching with hard rock at that, at a high level, the hard rock casino, which in turn will give me the status I need to match with the ocean casinos, which in turn will give me the status I need to match with uh, MGM at the gold level. So I'm actually going to be status matching my Caesars diamond with four properties while I'm gone, because on the way back, we're going to swing past, uh, uh, Philadelphia to the live casinos and keep in mind guys that when you're status matching, they're all going to be giving you some free, uh, nights, some free incentives, some free play, some spending money in the casino, because again, to them, it's like, Oh, welcome to this high level for all of our members who are at this high level, you get X, Y, and Z. So it's not just like, Hey, I don't want to pay resort fees. It's I, 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 oh, you're gonna give me a hundred free dollars to spend in your casino right now. Thank you very much. That'll cover my gas. I also have told you guys before about the my Vegas app. So the my Vegas app actually gave me a free night at the Borgata, which is an MGM property in Atlantic city. And then once I'm finished my status match tour, I will have MGM gold, which will waive my resort fee, which I have to pay currently because I'm not MGM gold yet. But once I'm finished my tour. I will be gold. I will check into my hotel and the night will be cool and comped. I've already got the paperwork on that and I will pay no resort fee and I'll even have free parking because it's another perk of being gold. So the idea is anytime I want to travel to an MGM property, I'm going to be gold status, which means priority lines, things like that. All of it because I bought the founder's card, which upgraded me to Caesar's diamond, which, you know, built the house that killed the mouse that lived in the, whatever, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's a really cool system. I've spent uh, like hours is, is an understatement. I spent days just researching different aspects of these things. And it's something I'm happy to pay with all the traveling that I'm doing. Like I said, being able to, res to be able, being able to be like, okay, I'm IHG Marriott Bonvoy, Hyatt, uh, Wyndham, you know, Hilton, all these different brands and go like, I'm, I'm a high tier with all of these places. They're all going to offer me upgrades. They're all going to give me discounts on the rooms. They're all going to give me free amenities and free parkings and complimentary this and that just because of my status. So when you go to travel, you open up your portfolio of all these things. The, the status match hotels that I am, I'm matching with in, uh, Atlantic city, um, they offer you like one of them, the oceans casino gives you three free nights in Bahamar, which is the competitor to Atlantis in the Bahamas. So with my four nights free at Atlantis and three nights free at Bahamar, I can do a seven day free stay in the Bahamas every year. Um, I haven't even mentioned this, but a lot of these properties actually match with like MSC and carnival and celebrity cruise lines. Those ones, when they find out that you're at the diamond level, will offer you a free week's cruise with free drink pass and free accommodations, you know, free nicer accommodations, as I should say, because again, keep in mind, all of these companies think that you're a high roller. You didn't get diamond status because you did nothing. It's because you spent a ton of money at the properties and you have money to burn. So all of these places want to invite you to come stay here. Come bring you and your big, your big bank accounts to our properties and spend some money here. Right. At the end of the day, why wouldn't they give you, you know, a thousand dollars worth of accommodations when they know that you'll probably blow way more than that in their casinos and restaurants? Well, jokes on them. I'm not going to be doing that. I'm just going to go take the free thing, spend as little as I can. Scoobity bibbity. And I got in through the founder's card. So if I haven't made a good enough case for why you should sign up for this thing, um, or, or if you're interested, but you don't quite understand what I just told you, reach out, contact at one man podcast. Sorry, pot, Jesus Christ. Contact at one man podcast.com. 
get a hold of me, ask me your questions. Alternatively, many of you have my personal information and can contact me via phone, text, whatever. Get this card. You're not going to hurt yourself. It's actually going to do quite a lot for you, especially my friends who are traveling or buying stuff. If it's not for you, like I said, I, the, the big benefit for me is the travel and the no resort fees and things like that. Maybe for you, it's the 60% discount you get on like Lenovo computer stuff or Amazon web services or whatever. The point is, is that the founder's card is great. Great, great, great. It gives you discounts on flights. It gives you discounts on, uh, all sorts of different stuff, just regular products. Um, it's amazing. It really truly is amazing. And I know that a lot of you guys listening, uh, could benefit from it. So, um, as I said, if you have any questions or you're wondering if it has value, like you can't just go on, but, but Google it definitely by by Google, the founder's card, watch some YouTube reviews to see how legit it is. Um, it's going to help you out big time. And and that that fills my void. I was wondering before, should I tell you what's coming up this week or the plugs? Well, they seem to have led to each other because this week I'm going to, uh, to Atlantic City to, uh, I'm going to stay for free based on my free room and my status of no resort fee. So I'm staying a free night in Atlantic City and I'm going to go around to the different casinos and get free nights rooms and free, free cruises and, you know, free play and free money to use in their restaurants and stuff all just because of status matching. So, um, it's not something that's widely advertised. Because again, like they're not trying to be like, Hey, buy this cheap card. And all of a sudden you're a high, you know, you're high roller level in places and you still have to do some legwork. Again, the only way to, to actually get matched from Caesar you used to be able to match Caesar's diamond to MGM gold directly. Like just walk, you still had to go in person. They wouldn't do it online, but you, some of them will do it right online. Wyndham, I literally put in my Caesar's rewards number, hit submit. And it was like, boom, instant diamond status. My, my Wyndham account is now diamond. That easy. Some of the other ones, some of them, uh, you know, you take a screenshot of your, of your diamond account, you submit it and you wait two weeks for the, a lot of my statuses have already been upgraded guys. This is not theory. It's not like I learned this last night and I haven't put it into practice and I'm spouting shit. I don't know. My, my status is quite literally gold with Hilton diamond with Caesars diamond with Wyndham, um, platinum and president's club with like Avis Hertz enterprise, uh, it, it, and it's still spiraling outwards where a lot, some of them do require the physical card, you know? And like I said, some of them require physical matching, which is why I'm doing this thing in, uh, Atlantic city. And I'm super, super looking forward to it. I've never been to Atlantic city. It's an excuse to travel and I'm staying for free. So I, I, I won't beat you guys over the head with it, but it's, uh, like I said, this is not a, a theory. I'm, I'm actually getting free shit. I've dropped the costs. I booked, uh, a, a car and enterprise in Vegas because it was cheaper than, than Ubering around, like based on the discounts I was getting, it was cheaper than Ubering around and I've got a car and because of my diamond status, I'm not even paying to park anywhere. So I actually get free valet. And I, even so I was making sure that I wasn't going to be like too cheap or wasting money. I was like, ha oh, fuck, how much do you tip a valet? You're supposed to give him 10 bucks or two, one to $2. It says to tip a valet because of my diamond status, I'm not going to be navigating fucking hotels or anything like that. Parking lots. I'm going to pull up from the airport in my car. I'm going to hand the keys to dude. He's going to take my shit away. I'm going to give him two bucks, $2 to not have to deal with it. I'm going to walk right in the front door of every single Caesars and MGM property that I visit on that trip. I'm going to drive right up to the front fucking door, hand them my keys. Here's two bucks. Boom. Tell me that doesn't sound sweeter than Ubering everywhere, paying on top of that. You know what I mean? Like you're not going to pay $2 tip on an Uber. You're going to pay more than that. Hopefully. So my point is go get it. 
All right. The link will be in the description for the founders card. The Neo card I have, I have presented to you guys before the Neo card. Um, that link's going to give you $25 for free. It is a fee-less MasterCard available to Canadian residents only, but it's going to give you instant cashback. I've been using mine again more lately and I've been getting big cashback some amounts. Um, but just go on and see what gives you cashback first. I'm not going to tell everyone you guys should sign up for it, but if you want $25 for free, that you never have to pay back just to try it out and see what it's like. It's a fee-less MasterCard that gives you instant cash back at, at literally 100,000 different retailers in Canada. I use it for Amazon because I get 3% cash back instantly on my Amazon purchases. So I'm not going to put it on the card that I have to wait till the end of the year to get 1% back. I'm going to put it on the card that gives me 3% back, you know, uh, within 24 hours. So, and I just use that to pay off some of the purchase and I pay the difference with my debit card. That link will be in there. And then finally, I have a skip lagged referral link. Um, I, I still don't book directly with airlines, uh, because a lot of them are tough to navigate and, you know, well, for me, at least I don't find them to be super cheap. Um, what I love is a website called skip lagged. It is a, a great way of finding flights at the best possible prices. My friends who are pilots in airline, like in the airline industry for big, big companies, um, all use skip lagged when they're not booking directly through their own company. They all use skip lagged. Um, skip lagged was sued by the airline industry and won because they were basically, you know, they weren't stealing or scamming. They were just basically, you know, letting people, giving people the discounts and advantages that airlines would prefer. They didn't know about. Um, also in case you're like listening to this, you're like, yeah, I already use Skyscanner or I use like airfare watchdog or I use Mamondo or hopper. I'm aware of those guys too. Okay. And I still pick skip lagged. So, um, my referral link is in there. So these are things that don't cost you any additional money. Um, in fact, you get free money from Neo, you get some, uh, benefits to using skip lagged, uh, in terms of you're saving shitloads of money. The founder's card saves you a hundred bucks, but, uh, the founder's card will give some points back my way. So you are helping in that regard. Um, it allows me to, you know, once I've referred X amount of people, I get some free Amazon cards or some free Amex cards or something. So it's a way I can save you a hundred dollars and up you to all these high tier things. The Neo card kicks back $25 to me for you guys signing up. So it's a way you can support the podcast and get some free money for yourselves. Sorry, I'm running out of air. Um, and then finally the skip lag, that's just my way of helping you guys out. So again, if you're trying to save money and do trips, um, by all means, I'll have more strategies and stuff like that for you guys. Um, but I want to know if you're interested too, right? I mean, I, I thought this would episode be 30 minutes. I didn't have enough to talk about here. We are an hour 20 and it's been, uh, it's been a minute. I missed you. So contact at one man podcast last time for any questions that you may have. I, uh, I had fun chatting with you guys and I'm excited. You can clearly hear that some passion in me about this travel stuff, whatever. And I want to share it with you. I'm not asking you, well, I mean, should I have the founder's card? I, I don't want you to have to pay for it, but I'm saying, Hey, isn't, isn't 500 bucks us way better than spending $25,000 us for the same thing. Right. Um, you, you, you stay one week at properties in, in Las Vegas or, or other properties where, where Caesars and MGM, cause they're all over the world, but you go anywhere and you save, you know, you spend a week there. I'm telling you that the, the, um, resort fees that you've saved have already, you know, almost paid for the card. And these things give you a hundred dollar free credit at their properties to eat and drink with. So it's almost paying for itself in just your Caesars match. And then reach out to me and I'll tell you how to turn those, uh, into, you know, advantages with properties everywhere, because I know there's people rich, you travel all the time. If I don't hear from you, I'm gonna be very disappointed. Um, but I got a lot of, a lot of people out there, 
Um, you know, and as this grows, maybe people will put back the episode and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll go from there, but I've already explained the founder's card. I'll be talking about it again on the, on the past episodes. Cause I'll be like, Hey, I bought this thing called the founder's card and I try and won't, I will try not to go into too much detail, but, um, I wanted to drop that on you guys so that you're not waiting to find out what it is. And I'll be, you know, talking about it for episodes and you're like, I just, what the fuck is it now? You know what it is. Um, you can also send an email to contact at one man podcast.com and I can send you a link just to look at the founder stuff. Cause if you go founders card, you're not allowed to look at what they have unless, you know, someone has, has either given you a referral or something like that. It's supposed to be for business owners alone. It's supposed to be subject to your approval. The actual cost, as I said, is five 95, but they also charge you a $95 application fee. Um, so again, the $495 is actually a hundred dollars cheaper and there's no, uh, application fee. So it's four ninety five ECPC, and uh, maybe on another episode, if you guys ask me for it, um, I'll even tell you how you can get your spouse a membership um, for a one time charge uh, in perpetuity. So if you keep the if you keep the uh, account open, you and your spouse will have access to this platform. So basically, your four ninety five a year turns into. 250 each. And the benefit to that, just as a quick little tidbit is let's say, you know, you, you have your Caesars four night stay at the Bahamas. Well, if your spouse has, uh, that status too, guess what? They get four free nights. So now you can book four nights and they can book four nights. And now you have an eight day trip to the Bahamas every year for free, right? You match with another property that gives you, let's say two, like again, the, the ocean ocean prime gives you two free nights stay at the win every year in Las Vegas. One of the nicest properties that they have in Las Vegas. Well, if they have two nights for free and you have two nights for free, guess what? You got four free nights in Vegas at the nicest resort. One of that. I think I really do think it is the nicest resort in my opinion, but, uh, you get four nights for free. You know what I mean? Um, you get that seven day cruise for free. Well, now you can have, you know, two cruises a year if, if it allows, but is this just something you're getting for your money? Why would you spend all that money on these things when having this founder's card will allow you to do that for less? All right. All right. I'm really, I really am dropping that subject for now. I love you guys. I'd love to hear from you. Ask me questions. Let's, let's keep some money in your bank accounts and let's open up your portfolio of options of places that you can go and explore in the world. You know what I mean? Let's, uh, let's fucking have these champagne tastes on a beer budget. You know what I mean? Except actually let's, let's get champagne for the price of beer is what I'm going at. So you guys have a great week. Um, I'm going to be putting out some more episodes and I look forward to chatting with you again soon.
just the other day They said, don't go, don't go, don't walk away Don't get to a taxi, bend the boot in the bag And to play some music